The Aggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Stockton. Open three. High schools. Also going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Full Court Press on a Friday. We made it to the weekend. Thanks for tuning in and being part of the show. Love to hear from you today on our Full Court Press text line. Talking a lot about the draft last night. What did and did not happen for the Utah Jazz. Where is Justin Bean headed? Anything uh, about Brandon Horvath? We'll try to update you that. Other uh, Mountain West players getting invitations or, or drafts. We'll uh, try to update you on all of that. Uh, but uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show, we'll be getting some, uh, some, some better insight with the Utah Jazz as to what their next steps might look like. Dan Clayton, a friend of the program, contributor with Salt City Hoops. Great stuff. If you're really a diehard Jazz fan, that's a great resource to go check that out. They do a lot of great analysis analytical uh, detail and uh, video reviews and all kinds of stuff. So a great detail that they have there at Salt City Hoops. Encourage you to go check them out. Dan Clayton will be joining me here a little bit later on in the show. Um, So uh, I get his thoughts about what happened or didn't happen for the Jazz on draft nights and then where do they go from here. Um, And uh, update you on who these undrafted free agents are whom the Jazz selected and signed as they put together their summer league roster as they will be taking place, well, the the Utah Jazz themselves will host a summer league in Salt Lake City, and then right after that they go to Las Vegas where there are a lot of teams who will be there uh, participating in Las Vegas. So uh, we'll give a quick rundown of that as well. But uh, the probably the, the biggest thing I want to touch on, touch on first and foremost is that if you missed it, Utah Jazz did not make a deal to get into the draft, which was really quite surprising. This team that has a long history of making moves to get into the draft did not, or making moves around the draft, didn't do it. Uh, I think it would be silly for anyone to believe that the Jazz didn't try, but the right deal just didn't seem to be there for the Jazz to do it. So instead, they selected a number of uh, undrafted players, and probably the one that grabs the most attention was Johnny Juzang. Uh, he's a, a UCLA guard. Uh, he's, a, he's a big guard, and uh, based on his play in the 2021 NCAA tournament, I mean, this guy could have been a lottery pick. Uh, he played huge minutes, made big-time buckets, scored 23 points in an overtime win over Michigan State uh, in the first four 27 in their first round win over BYU, put 28 on the regional upset of Michigan, 29 in the final four, and they lost to Gonzaga. So this guy was huge in the final four or the NCAA tournament in 2021. But then um, just kind of was quiet 
and didn't have nearly the impactful season this last year. Had he decided to go pro last year, he probably would have been a lottery pick. And this year, not nearly as impactful. He did have some big moments, but not nearly as, as consistent. And uh, his, his percentages, his scoring averages were all down from his sophomore year. And so he didn't get selected, So, but the Utah Jazz decided to take him. Uh, somebody who's known as being able to get a shot, but uh, can can trouble the def- can be uh, challenged defensively. Uh, he's a six foot seven shooting guard, and uh, can in pressure situations score points, which is great. But he did have several injuries this last year, and that probably helped uh, or hurt some of his uh, his averages and and uh, his draft stock certainly. Had a hip contusion. He fell off a motor scooter when he was riding around campus. Uh, he uh, he got COVID that took him out of a couple of games. So there's a couple of things with him uh, that uh, are a little bit challenging and perhaps uh, hurt his draft stock. But I don't think that means that he couldn't potentially be a decent player. Um, you know, one NBA general manager, according to the Athletics, said, "I think he's soft." He's a catch-and-shoot guy right now who doesn't play with a lot of toughness. Uh, another scout said, I like his size for the wing, and I like that he knows how to put the ball in the basket, but he'll have to go to the G League to find his way because it's a different game in the NBA. So kind of an interesting choice there. Um, I've heard some people kind of compare him to Anderson, who's uh, currently on the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. A little bit taller. It can shoot from outside but not the most gifted athlete and not the best uh, defender, but is crafty and, and can uh, score in, in certain situations when called upon. So that was probably one of the, the biggest uh, names that, uh, for the Jazz. Uh, the other one was literally a big person, and that was Kofi Coburn. And again, in a different era, this would be a guy who probably would have been a lottery selection. Different reason than why the uh, uh, Ju Zhang wasn't a lottery selection, but Coburn was was went undrafted just because of the way the NBA is shifting. But this is a guy who's seven feet tall, physical presence in the low post, um, and his uh, aggressive and how he attacks the basket, and was a tremendous player for uh, Illinois. But again. The way that the NBA is changing the big man center doesn't have the same value as he used to. Uh, he averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds for the Illini. And, uh, yeah, seven feet tall, 285 pounds. He signed an Exhibit 10 deal for the Jazz. So, basically, that's similar to what Justin Bean did. Uh, he gets a guaranteed uh, trip to the, the summer practices, and uh, uh, an invitation to the veteran camp. But uh, beyond that, there's nothing guaranteed for him. But it kind of surprised me. I mean, Coburn looks like a nice prospect, but I'm really shocked that, you know, we – didn't the Jazz just get this kind of player with Udoku Azubuke just that not that long ago? So I was a little surprised by that. But, again, I think the Jazz are going with – uh, best available talent versus fitting the need, which has always been a bit of a, a debate for some programs. But uh, interesting move for the Utah Jazz. And there's a few others that they got uh, that they've signed as undrafted free agents. We'll get to those. But want to get to your texts that are coming through. 
If you want to chime in, 435-339-0321. If you want to weigh in on your opinion of what happened or didn't happen for the Utah Jazz in the draft, uh, 5338 says the Aggie volleyball schedule for this fall looks fabulous. Uh, I heard they just released it. I haven't had a chance to take a look at it just yet. But uh, anytime we get to talk about things that are happening in the fall with athletics is always exciting. But um, that volleyball team, kind of a resurgent program. Had a great year last year. And uh, from what I understand, a lot of the great uh, foundational pieces of, of that success last year are coming back. So excited to see what that Aggie volleyball team looks like next year. Uh, 9315, the Jazz in the draft was a snoozer. The hype went nowhere. Yeah, where's, where's my uh, anti-air raid siren? I mean, Jason Walker gave us his guarantee that the Jazz would do something, and they they didn't. So a little surprised at that. Um, I'll be honest, I, I didn't get the feeling that the Jazz would do much with the draft, so I really didn't pay that much attention to it. Went and did other things, came back later, and realized that I didn't miss anything. Um, but... Um, yeah, surprised that they didn't do anything. But look, we have to remind ourselves, as much talk as there's been about Rudy Gobert or Mike Connolly or this team needs a, to, to be you know shaken up, this is a team that had double-digit leads, what, a dozen times or more uh, after the All-Star break in the late in-games that uh, just weren't able to close it out. There's, there was something going on with the team. They didn't have that connectedness. The, the talent was there to play well and win games, but uh, they just weren't on the same page. And a new coach certainly is going to be part of that. But um, if there are issues in the locker room and the people they're looking at trading are the result of that or can solve that, then that may be something to to, uh, to consider. But... This was a team that was a good team last year, uh, at least on paper. But uh, getting them all dialed in was the challenge for uh, Quinn Snyder and his staff. Um, So certainly something needed to change. Quinn's already on the way out, or he is out. And how many other players get changed? What is that locker room? How does it evolve and change? Because it was talented enough to win games and play at a very high level. So how much do you really need to break up the uh, the roster just for for talent's sake or for attitude sake. Uh, 6391 on our full court press text line. I'm glad they didn't make a move just to make a move. And that's true. Uh, I think there is some danger in, in doing that. I don't think that they're done just because the uh, draft is, is come and gone doesn't mean that NBA teams won't still be making deals because free agency is still several weeks away. Teams now know what they have with the uh, with the, what they got in the draft, so that may give them some better idea about what they still need or what was was uh, addressed through the draft. And there was a lot of moving pieces last night in the draft with teams swapping picks and a lot of stuff like that. So now that that's done and the dust is starting to settle. Uh, these teams will also see what their their summer league teams look like, and if they have a surprise star that they can develop, then uh, you know maybe they don't need to be as motivated to make a move while others 
may realize that we don't really have much. We've we got to shift some things around. Uh, 9315, your new co-host is a copycat janitor like your last host if he keeps up the jazz talk thingy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, uh, his guarantee kind of fell flat. But uh, Jason Walker, by the way, not here today. He's he's in Cal- or not California, totally opposite direction. He's in New York, upstate New York at a family reunion. But um, kind of surprised there that the jazz didn't do anything. But it, it's I agree with 6391. Glad they didn't make a move just to make a move. They're already going to be uh, there's a, a, a shift in attitude and direction based on who the head coach is. Sometimes that's all a team needs, but there may uh, I think there's going to be some things that need to be changed in the locker room. Uh, in addition, um, but besides what the Jazz did, certainly we need to talk about. The other guy that uh, was involved last night, and that was, excuse me, that was Justin Bean. And he did not get his name called. Um, I'm not really surprised that he didn't get his name called, uh, but he did sign uh, a what's called an Exhibit 10 contract with the L.A. Clippers. And that means, kind of like what we've talked about with these other guys with the Jazz, He's going to get an invitation to um, um, uh, to their uh, team's training camp. He'll be able to participate in the summer league, and uh, he'll most likely end up in the G League with opportunities to continue to hone his craft and hopefully impress enough people to get him give himself an opportunity to make an NBA roster. But uh, Justin Bean will be signing on with the Clippers, and uh, moments after the draft was done, this is, was announced and. He took to social media to express his excitement. He uh, watched uh, the proceedings at his family's home in, uh, in Oklahoma, but um, would have been cool to see him go to the Thunder, I'm sure, because his family were season ticket holders and went to many games there, but uh, I'm sure he's happy to be on any roster at this point. Uh, so Justin Bean heading to the uh, Clippers with their summer league. And so for fans who want to watch Justin and see him in a Clippers uniform, You've got a couple opportunities to do that. Uh, this coming up July, early July, uh, first game for the Clippers will be against the Grizzlies on July 9th. That's a Saturday there in Las Vegas. If you can't make it, it'll be on uh, NBA TV at 7.30. On Tuesday, July 12th, the Clippers will play the Lakers 9 o'clock on NBA TV. On Wednesday, July 13th versus Denver, 8 o'clock on NBA TV, and then Friday, July 15th, playing the Utah Jazz, and uh, that's set to tip off at 3 o'clock on ESPN2. So a couple opportunities to watch Justin Bean in a Clippers uniform and see if he's able to uh, gain enough attention to get uh, more time with that franchise and more opportunities to uh, try to make that squad. Uh, but one of the other big uh, kind of a, uh, surprises for me last night was hearing David Roddy's name go in the first round. Uh, I thought that he would be drafted, but I thought he'd be more of a second-round guy. But um, he was selected by the uh, 76ers at the 23rd pick and then traded to uh, Memphis. And uh, I think he's a that would make a great fit, him in Memphis, just his – his body type, his style of play, and uh, the way that team is is developing. 
Uh, I think David Roddy fits in with what's going on in Memphis. So um, that, what will be interesting to see is if if Sam Merrill is able to uh, get back onto that roster uh, or not and uh, have a couple of Mountain West uh, connections on that uh, Memphis roster squad. But th- he was the only one out of the Mountain West to get his name called and to sign uh, a deal. Uh, a couple other guys did sign some uh, like uh, Justin Bean, Exhibit 10 deals, but um, David Roddy, the only one out of the Mountain West to hear his name called on draft night. Uh, all right, let's do this. Let's, let's take a timeout here on the Full Court Press, and when we come back, a conversation with Dan Clayton, friend of the program who follows the Utah Jazz very closely and uh, has been keeping an eye on these off-season proceedings for the Jazz. And our conversation will mostly be centered on, you know, where do the Jazz go from here less than, uh, you know, give us a scouting report on these players who were selected. But um, that's coming up here in just a few minutes. But we'd love to continue to get your reactions to some of these players who were selected as, and signed by the Utah Jazz as undrafted free agents. And, uh, you know, where do the Jazz need to go from here? Um, just does that kind of signal that they're going to stand pat with the roster that they have? And are you okay with that? Four three five three three nine zero three two one. A Valvoline Instant Oil change is open on Sundays now at six ninety five North Main in Logan. It's quick, it's clean, it's easy, just like it should be when it comes to getting your oil changed. So stop in today or really any day this week, even on Sundays at Valvoline Instant Oil Change. The T-shirt. We all have one. The T-shirt is the world's most basic clothing item. Over the last 30-plus years, the Logo Shop has screen-printed well over a million T-shirts. Custom printing. That's what they do at the Logo Shop. They can literally put your logo on just about anything. Coffee mugs, pens, flashlights, outerwear, golf balls, water containers, backpacks, travel accessories. The possibilities are endless. That's why at the Logo Shop, they say, we Logo Stuff. The Logo Shop. We Logo Stuff. The Logo Shop. Here's some good news. Beehive Pub and Grill just unveiled their new Summer of Beehive menu. If you know Beehive, you know they have some pretty amazing dishes. Looking for a meal with protein? Try the boneless wing wedge or the panzanella power bowl. Want something lighter? Try the apple pecan salad or the BLT avocado toast. Place to go orders online through their website. Open 11 to 8.30 p.m. weekdays and 11 to 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday. Beehive Pub and Grill in Logan. This is Ryan, my mattress. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with online bed-in-a-box mattresses. If value is the combination of price and quality, these beds are not a good value. They cost about $1,000 and they last about three years. That's not a very good ratio. At my mattress, you can get a $799 Sealy Posture Pedic that will last you 10 plus years. The best value is at my mattress. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Avoid the stress of renting a shampoo machine and cleaning that dirty upholstery yourself. This is Dow with ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry's hot carbonated extraction process will make any piece of furniture in your home look close to brand new again. Sofas, love seats, recliners, or even car seats. ChemDry of Northern Utah is happy to clean your carpets, but don't forget about making sure everything in your home is the cleanest, healthiest environment for your family. ChemDry of Northern Utah. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Every great team knows that you have to train to stay on top of your game. Even top players continue to practice the fundamentals. 
That's why Les Olson Company offers free IT security awareness training so your business can stop threats before they become a problem. Learn what to do in case of a suspected phishing attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. This is Jay with Daryl's Appliance. Independence Day sales starting now until July 5th. Double dip with up to 30% off select appliances plus save up to $800 on our exclusive mail-in rebate with GE, Whirlpool, Beko, and Maytag Kitchen and Laundry Appliances. We haven't seen rebates like this since before the pandemic. Take advantage today. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open till 6 on weekdays, 5 p.m. on Saturday. Are you a do-it-yourselfer? Have you been looking at that boring blah wall in your home for far too long? You need to check out the Speedy Mason Thin Brick System at Castellite in Logan. It's a simple system that anybody can do to make a blah wall into a beautiful focal point. Refresh your home with some very affordable options at Castellite for brick, block, rock, paper, and tile. Go where the pros go. Online at Castellite.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. At Grantham Mobile Automotive is fast and affordable. They'll come to you whether your vehicle is at your home or if your car left you stranded at work or somewhere else. Give them a call if you need that help. 435 229 Four three four five. That's Grantham Mobile Automotive. Well, the Utah Jazz opted not to. I don't know if that's the right word that I've been hearing. That opted not to do something around the draft. Uh, I think they were probably uh, pretty. I'm pretty confident that they were active in trying to make something happen, but nothing shook loose for the Jazz. So, uh, where do they go from here? Is one of the big questions that we're asking ourselves. Certainly since the announcement that. Uh, Quinn Snyder was stepping down has been one of those big questions still left unanswered to help us uh, make some sense of what's next for the Jazz and where things have kind of evolved since uh, Snyder's announcement. Uh, we've invited Dan Clayton to join us here on the show. Uh, Salt City Hoops, great resource for Jazz fans everywhere, friend of the program. Dan, thanks for your time today. Hey, it's always a pleasure to, to join you guys. So uh, I guess your initial reactions to the draft is that's what we've been leading with today. Um, they, the Jazz normally make some trades or do something around the draft or leading up to it. This year, nothing really materialized. I guess my first question is, are you surprised by that? A little bit. Um, I, I, I know that like this draft class in particular was, was a little bit weak once you started to get out of the top four, top five, top six. Um, so I think that's probably part of what contributed to why the Jazz didn't really feel motivated to... Um, to spend resources to, to get into a, you know, they just, they were never going to get the number four pick. They were never going to get the number 10 pick. They were never going to. So, you know, is it worth the resources you'd have to spend to get to 23? If the player at 23 in this draft is, is not great. I think that's part of it. The reason why it still surprised me though, is because, you know, if, if you look at most off season, you know, when, when trade activity is sort of concentrated in a typical off season, um, that more trades just happen around the draft, even trades that don't involve a draft pick directly because just more teams are talking and there's sort of this 
this imposed urgency or, or a, you know, kind of a deadline to, to get things done. And so everybody's talking and, and, um, you know, it's, it just tends to be kind of a little hub of activity. And since I know that the jazz are in fact, you know, talking, having conversations with other teams about most of their main guys, um, I just thought, you know, it was likely that something would happen. And if, and if, uh, and if it was going to happen, it was as likely to happen on draft night as any other night. In fact, I was so confident about it that I just had to go this afternoon and uh, make good on a burger bet. I had to buy someone a burger because I <laughs> thought for sure there would be some kind of trade involving a, a, a jazz rotation player last night. And there wasn't, but it's it's all good because either way I got to eat a good burger. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's, a, that's a good way to lose. Um, yep. So I'm not going to ask you to give too much detail on you know who – were the the two way contracts or the exhibit ten guys who were signed? But your initial reactions there on who the Jazz ended up selecting? You, you got a a six seven wing who can score, but apparently can't defend much. Who had better draft stock a year ago? You got a big center who's a big physical presence in the low post, and that's questionable how valuable those guys are anymore in today's NBA. And then another wing who seems to be aggressive, but maybe not quite as skilled. Uh, I know there's other guys that they're adding to their summer league roster, but just some of the reactions there with the undrafted free agents that they're picking up. Yeah, well, so I think the one that's probably most relevant or, or most worthy of discussion in terms of how he could actually impact, you know, the capital J Jazz for in, in the future is um, is Juzang, Johnny Juzang of, of UCLA. He's the guy who right after the draft ended, they signed him to a two-way contract and NBA teams only get two two-way slots. Right. So the fact that they, that they gave him that two-way slot and like, look, those are fluid too. You can wave a guy off of a two-way and sign someone else. So it's not, it's not final, but the fact that they gave him one of those slots means that he's probably the person who they view as most likely to, um, to, you know, be part of the, of the jazz program and, and, uh, you know, to practice with the team. And if he's on a two way, he's someone who can, who can be up with the jazz a certain number of days next season. And, and, um, you know, otherwise we'll be down developing with the Salt Lake city stars. The other three guys that, that we've, that we've heard that they have signed in the last, you know, 16 hours since the draft ended are all on contracts that are, that are a little bit different. They're, they're basically contracts that allow the jazz to bring them to, to summer camp and have them play in summer league um, players who who come and impress in that context may get an invitation to return for fall camp for veterans camp, and you know once you make vet camp, the, you know there's a chance those guys are going to look at it as they have an opportunity to convince whoever the jazz coach is by that point that they can impact the the team and that they can you know that they'll be useful as a deep bench piece and and stick around, but most likely the guys that teams sign to these summer contracts, most of them are going to wind up playing for that team's G league affiliate. And so what that means is that Kofi Coburn, the big man you mentioned, Jordan Usher, um, and then a new one today, Jonathan Williams from Buffalo. Those are guys who there's a pretty good chance that they'll never set foot in Zion's bank basketball center after like October. Um, Just because by that point, the jazz have to make a decision on, you know, do we waive this guy and have his rights transferred to the stars or do we keep him on the roster? And I think in most of those cases, um, the, it, they're, they're pretty clearly 
guys that they're kind of planning on pointing towards the stars roster. Um, to Nathan Williams intrigues me a little bit because, um, he's someone who improved a lot every year in college. Um, he's, he's a four year senior, but someone who like, like every year he got a lot better. He went from like a three point per game player to a nine point per game player to a scoring in the teens. And then, and then came out of college as like an 18, 19 point per game score with 45% shooting on threes. Um, so, so he's someone who like, look, like I said, all these guys will have a chance to prove themselves and, and compete with the veterans for a, a spot on the roster. Um, but unless they do that, these are guys who to see them, you might have to go over to the lifetime activities center in Taylorsville and, and watch them play with the stars. <laughs> there you go. So Quinn Snyder, um, announces kind of surprisingly that he's stepping down, uh, though there, I mean, I guess there's some rumbling maybe leading up to it that there were some philosophical differences, which is still never really been uncovered. I think well, there's been some things inferred, but uh, Jazz in the midst of a, a, a new a new voice and a new coach, um, and the we've seen the reports of over a dozen potential candidates, and they're going to take their time finding out who their next guy is going to be. But when you survey the field and based on how things have progressed since then, anybody kind of stand out in your mind as maybe the next guy or the next couple of guys that the Jazz may be zeroing in on? The, the sense I get is that it's probably more likely that they pick you know a young guy with the right energy and mindset to, to come in and kind of create his own culture the way they did, by the way, with Quinn Snyder in the summer of 2014, right? Quinn Snyder was someone who, who hadn't been an NBA head coach as opposed to hiring you know, a, a retread or give, you know, giving someone an opportunity who's already been a head coach. Um, so, so if I'm right on that, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm definitely right, but that's kind of a read I get is that it's more likely that we're looking at the end of the candidate pool that includes like Will Hardy from Boston. Um, he's an assistant coach, a, a young, young guy, but someone who has really quickly earned a lot of people's respect. Adrian Griffin, another guy who, He's been a perennial head coaching candidate. He, he was actually someone they looked at in 2014 when they ultimately hired Quinn Snyder. Adrian Griffin will be a head coach in the NBA soon. So the question is, is this the right role for him? Um, there are other guys. Um, there, there's Charles, Charles Lee, Kevin Young. I, I think that's probably where the process will, will stay focused. There's also... There are also two guys that have been on Utah's bench who are candidates for that role, who, who fall into that same category of never having been a head coach at the pro level, but you know, very well-respected and well-thought-of, and that's Johnny Bryant and Alex Jensen. Um, I, you know, again, it's hard to know. My, my guess, my theory, Eric, this isn't reporting. This is just me talking to you. Um, my theory is that some of the philosophical issues – that came up that, that defined some of those conversations with Quinn Snyder while he was making a decision about stepping down came down to the fact that like the jazz culture got a little bit broken this last season. I, I don't think it would be surprising for anyone to hear that. Like there was some stuff, you know, there, there were, there were tensions in that locker room. And I think it's really important for them to find a head coach who can immediately command respect and get everybody back focused on basketball um, because I, you know, I'm one of those weird people call it denial or naivete or whatever. 
I'm one of those weird people, Eric, who I still believe that the reason the Jazz came up short again this past playoffs is is not a talent issue. Um, I think that they were were and are a team that that was good enough to to compete with anybody in a seven game series. But I think some of that other stuff kind of got in their way. Yeah, and I think they need a coach who can help them move on from that and just change the emotional energy in that locker room a little bit. No, I totally Again, agree with that's you. Speculative. I, well, I totally agree, and that was something I was in the lead up to your interview. I just was talking about how this is a team who had what, over a dozen times double digit leads late in the game and just couldn't close it out. Had they closed out the majority of those, which a good team should be able to, they're a you know, number three seed in the West. A much different story going into the playoffs. So that on, talent was there. Just yeah, other things were going on and at, at play in that locker room. And is the change in the coach the, the difference there, or does that locker room need some other adjustments too? I, I think um, like what I've been telling everybody, and this is again, this is a guess, but it's an informed guess. It's a it's a guess that I've cobbled together by listening and talking and and having conversations with smart people, uh, like. I think there will be changes. Um, I do think that the front office's appetite for change is not quite where the fans' appetite change appetite for change is. Sorry, that was a weird sentence structure. But you get my point. <laughs> I follow like, you. I, I follow you. Okay, good. Yes. We'll, we'll diagram that sentence later. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that um, I think that they know what some of their weaknesses are that keep creeping up in these, in these playoff disappointments. Um, I think they know that some of them are, like I said, emotional and psychological, but some of them aren't. Some of them are related to the fact that they're, they're small. They need to get younger. They need to get more athletic. Um, having said that, everybody in the league wants to get bigger and more athletic and younger, right? So I, I do think that they'll be active here in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, the, the trade season is ongoing. Free agency starts a week from today. Um, I do think that they will be really active in, in looking for ways to make those kind of rotation upgrades. Um, I don't think you can do that without having some of your really good players on the table in discussions. And I think everybody is to one degree or another on the table. I, you know, obviously it would, it would take more for the Jazz to say yes to a Rudy Gobert trade or a Donovan Mitchell trade than it would take for them to say yes on a Royce O'Neal trade. But, um, you know, they, they are open to discussing anything, but I think that this assumption that is out there, that they are, that, that they want to trade a certain player or that they have made a determination that this guy won't be back. That's not the sense I get. Um, and and you know, look, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But but I think that the way the Jazz are approaching this is more like, um, you know, here's what here's what the return would have to look like for us to say yes on sending Rudy Gobert out. And if a package appears that's like that and that excites them in the ways that it would need to excite them, then it'll happen. And if it doesn't, I don't think that any of those men running that front office have any compunction about saying. All right, let's bring him back then. I, I I don't I don't think that there is any um, a, a, any demands or I think that the that the urgency to trade him or to trade anybody else on the roster is a little bit manufactured um, by the rumor mill and by the fan base. 
Um, but having said that, I do think that there will be changes, including some significant ones. I don't think that of those, of those six guys, um, you know, the starters plus JC who are, you know, the six guys who are good enough to really have other teams call you and ask about them. Um, I don't think all of them will be back next year because I don't think the jazz can upgrade their roster without including at least one or two of them in outgoing deals. So, you know, the, the jazz will look a little bit different next year. Um, maybe a lot different if they get offers that check their boxes on a lot of those guys, uh, which is a possibility. Um, but this idea that they, that they have to trade anybody, um, to my understanding, nobody has demanded anything. Nobody's asking for them, for them to be traded. Nobody's demanding that someone else be traded as far as I know. Um, so I, I think that they will look different, but I, I don't think that this is a tear it down situation. Uh, again, we're talking to Dan Clayton. He's a contributor with Salt City Hoops. Great resource for Jazz fans to find out uh, great analysis and detail about what's going on with the Utah Jazz. And Dan, this notion that the Utah Jazz have to trade Rudy Gobert because he just doesn't work. But if he goes to some other team, suddenly they're going to be like, we just got a star, we we got an elite player. It's just an interesting point of view and reference from where some Jazz fans are feeling about Rudy's effectiveness or impact on the game versus how he may be viewed teaming up with some other team that is one piece away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's an astute observation. And, and I, look, I really do think that if you if you get Rudy in some of those other other situations, the narrative on him would change really fast, like the national narrative, because um, I think right now he is someone who who gets dismissed a little bit. But then, as soon as it sounds like he's available, the Jazz phone is ringing and they're getting lots of you know they're getting lots of interest for him because he's a really good player. I think again, you know, that's I think the way that that that's the way to frame up this off season for the jazz is the reason they're getting calls is because they have six really good players. I mean, they have more good players than that, obviously, but you know, I, I don't think people are calling with the same conviction to ask about right. Juancho, Hernan Gomez or Eric, you know, Pascal, Eric Pascal, yeah. free agent. So that's a bad example, but Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, Rudy Gay, I think really, you know, the jazz have five guys who would start on a lot of teams. Um, if not, if not most teams, um, or sorry, six guys who would start on most teams. So those are the six guys that they're going to field calls on. Um, the fact that they, the fact that those phone calls are happening means that like, yes, those players, those players have value as much as that's the thing. Like as fans of any team, really, right. Like any, any team you or I root for, like the fact of that is we sit there and we live in their, we live in their flaws from one game to the next, like we, but then, you know, someone comes in and like, like I was having this conversation with someone about Lou Dort who plays for the Oklahoma city thunder and Jeff sense love Lou Dort. They would love to get their hands on Lou Dort. And then I like to show them that, you know, what Lou Dort's stats really look like. And the fact that Lou Dort has scored 27 or more points, 12 times in his career. And I think four of those came against the jazz. So maybe you like Lou Dort because the jazz have been on the receiving end of his outlier games, but maybe you wouldn't love Lou Dort as much on just an average Tuesday night in Atlanta when he's just average Lou Dort. Right. <laughs> so that that's the thing about, about doing this is, um, you know, you have to, you have to recognize that like every player has some liabilities. Every no player is, is perfect unless they're, you know, 
Luca, Giannis, KD, even even those guys have things you trust them with more than other things. But uh, but yeah, this I, this idea that the Jazz players aren't worth anything in, in the market, Eric, is just frankly silly, and it's not the way that this trade season is playing out. Because because like I say, I'm 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 confident that there are ongoing discussions about about ne- nearly everybody in that group. Um, and if they're not happening, it's because the jazz are not necessarily trying to trade them. Right. They're, they're answering the phone when it rings, but I think that there are certain guys like Donovan Mitchell, who the jazz certainly aren't calling around and saying, Hey, do you want a Donovan Mitchell? Right. Now, uh, one of the questions I had for you is just watching these playoffs unfold and especially the NBA finals featuring teams that have guys who can, uh, defend on the perimeter, multiple guys who can defend on the perimeter, and while Boston did have an impact center, um, it, it, it was kind of stood in stark contrast of how the Jazz are built as a team and as a franchise and the direction of the NBA. So if, if Utah had more perimeter defenders, I don't think we'd be griping about Rudy Gobert and his, you know, some of his shortcomings as an offensive player and how he has to run all over the place to defend because he's the only guy who who will run all over the place to defend. So looking at how these playoffs unfolded, do you think that gives any insight as to how Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck, they may be formulating their plan for how they want to put this team together for the next year? Well, again, you know, everything comes back to the context of, well, if you're not going to you're not going to just trade a guy to trade him. So like, what do you get back, and does that put you in a better position to compete? I think, you know, in terms of the question around specifically how you're constructed to win, the thing that I always try to remind fans is, like, there is not, there is no one model or, or roster-building approach that enables you to win a championship and all other models are invalid, right? <laughs> like, like Adam Silver isn't going to stand. If the Jazz are lucky enough someday to win four playoff series, Adam Silver is not going to stand there on the dais with the trophy in hand and say, "Good job winning 16 playoff games, Utah Jazz." But I just noticed that your star offensive player is only six one, and I've read that you know you can't win with a six one guard as your best player. So I'm I'm just going to keep this trophy and go back in the back, <laughs> and you know we'll try again next year. Like you can. Right. W- like if you have a team that's good enough to win 16 times in the postseason, you you get to have a parade. And you know the thing is that like back before back before Jordan had done it right before Jordan was Jordan, um, people used to say that you couldn't win a championship if you had a um, you know a, a volume scoring shooting guard as your best player. And then guess what? Michael Jordan showed up and he did it. And now that seems like a silly idea because he was so unstoppable for a decade. And then for a long time, it was, you know, you, you can't do it with a, you know, with a, with a, a small flight of build shoot first point guard and then Steph did it. And then you couldn't win without multiple superstars. And then Detroit won in 2004 and Dallas won in 2011. And I would argue that the Spurs in 2014 were not a multi-superstar team because their superstars were kind of past their prime and Kawhi was before his prime. So, you know, the point here is, I know I'm rambling, but like the, the point is you can win in a lot of ways. And if you sit there and disqualify yourself, like Milwaukee probably shouldn't have been able to win with just Giannis Antetokounmpo, a former number 15 pick in the draft. 
and you know Chris Middleton, a second rounder, as their best guys. But they didn't they didn't listen to that script. They just went and did it right. So if you imagine if the Bucks had been stupid enough to sit around and say, "Oh well, we're we can't win with Giannis and Chris because of where they were drafted and and you know other things," so let's just blow it up. We would have been robbed of seeing a really good team, and they would have been robbed of a championship banner. So just. I'm not saying this because I think the Jazz are like right, right there. Um, I think the Jazz are really good. I also think that they need to, to upgrade some things and and get bigger and longer and more defensive. But if they can address some key weaknesses, like you can win with Rudy Gobert as your highest paid player. You can win with Donovan Mitchell as your star offensive anchor. There's there's nothing written in the bylaws of the National Basketball Association that says you can only win with a certain type of roster. Well, last question for you before we let you go. Uh, crystal ball, and uh, still got a few weeks before, or a few months really, before anything really significantly happens where teams start to come back again. Who, uh, who if there's any player in, that, in those six that isn't here next year, would you look at one specific one and think the odds are more likely that he's not back? Um, I, so it's tough because I like these guys. And I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm selling anybody out, but I will say that if the organization's intent is to have the ball in Donovan Mitchell's hands more, then that means you probably, by definition, either have to move on from Mike Conley or you have to have a $22 million a year backup, which is a pretty expensive backup. Um, so I think he's someone that they're definitely exploring his market. Um I think Boyan Bogdanovich is also likely to move on just because of the Jazz's available players. Uh, of their available non-star players, I think he has a lot of trade value. Um, so, you know, for them to find a deal that really brings some stuff back they'd be excited about, I think that kind of deal, um, that kind of deal is going to have to involve someone good that the marketplace values at a high level and, and the marketplace values all six of those guys, but I think you know Bogey's in a unique place because he's coming off a, another really strong season. Um, you know, Royce maybe the next most likely. Um, I don't think that they're trying to move Jordan Clarkson, but I don't think he's off the table either. Um, and then you know after that, it's it's the star players, and I don't think I don't think that they want to move either of those guys. Um, I think Donovan in particular is, like I said, he's not untouchable because very few guys in the NBA are truly, truly untouchable. But, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the order of how I'm thinking about it. I think, I think Conley and Bogey are their real, their real pieces and, and the things that they're going to dangle to try to find some, some multi-positional defenders who are big and athletic and young and whose timeline maybe, you know, drives a little bit more with, with Donovan's because this is, this is really, I think, a team going forward that's going to be built around Donovan's tra- trajectory. Well, Dan, it's always great to uh, get your insight and, uh, and catch up. And it's been a little bit since and there's been a lot that's happened in the last, since the last time we spoke. But, yeah. uh, again, if people want to read your stuff and, and others who contribute Salt City Hoops, Great resource for uh, for jazz fans. Appreciate you coming on and joining me today. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Dan Clayton, always a friend of the program. Appreciate his insights. Great stuff. Go check it out. And I know they've got some people that are breaking down 
some of these um, uh, selections and undrafted free agents. You'll be watching for that and the timeline for the Utah Jazz. Check that out at Salt City Hoops. Uh, quick timeout here in the Full Court Press and some uh, additional thoughts when we come back. West Point Dairy Products at Hiram is hiring. West Point Dairy Products has been manufacturing high-quality butter for over 25 years in Cache Valley. They're currently expanding and want you on their growing team. West Point Dairy Products offers competitive wages for entry-level positions starting at $18 per hour, full benefit packages, double time on Sundays, a $2,000 sign-on bonus, and tremendous opportunities for growth. For immediate consideration, call Express Employment Professionals at 435-213-9595. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence in a beautiful new office complex at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan, just south of the Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Hi, this is James Stevens and Mark Thurston with White Pine Funeral Services. Here at White Pine, we want to invite those who have been affected by the alleged mishandling of pre-need funeral money to contact us. We are saddened by what took place and we want to help those who lost money by offering our professional services to you at no cost. Stop by and see us or visit whitepinefunerals.com for more information. White Pine Funeral Services. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m., Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Summer is just around the corner. Don't crank up your AC unit before getting it serviced. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning is the team you should call for quality on-time service. If your system needs replaced, think York. York has the best warranties in the business with affordable financing options. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning at 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI. Online at AdvancedHeating-AC.com. comfortable until you are. Advanced heating and air. Bright green cars. That's the only thing you need to remember as you're driving down Main Street in Logan looking for Jarek's fine jewelry. Hi, this is Jarek. We have a lot of people comment on the bright green cars outside, and some even talk about the building. But the overwhelming responses come when they step inside. Jarek's showroom was created to offer an intimate, romantic setting for couples to enjoy their ring-buying experience. Everyone is treated like a friend with no price negotiation needed. Make your engagement special. Make it Jarek's. Come see us at 930 North Main in Logan. Just look for the bright green cars. 
Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Mountain West Motors, Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership, located at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs, specially customized for your next adventure. Go check them out, mwmotor.com, or stop by in person, 615 North Main. Uh, Yeah, just a reminder, Utah Jazz Summer League will begin July 5th in Salt Lake City at Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's Maybe get yourself some of that new gear. I don't know. <laughs> if you're a glutton for punishment, it's going to take me a minute to get used to that. Uh, also, the Vegas Summer League will take place from July 7th through the 17th. So uh, if you want to go down to Vegas and go see uh, the Jazz play and uh, watch for uh, Justin Bean, cheer him on. That'd be fun. It's not that far away. It'd be fun to have uh, a cheering section there. Spectrum on wheels. Go cheer on Justin Bean as he tries to make the uh, uh, L.A. Clippers roster and make an impression with uh, with that group. But again, uh, Jazz did sign Johnny Juzang as a two-way contract, the uh, wing player from UCLA. He's about six foot seven. Uh, also signed Kofi Coburn, center from Illinois, seven-foot center, and uh, known as a kind of a throwback big man in the low post, seven feet tall, 285 pounds. Uh, Jordan Usher. Uh, a, a wing from Georgia Tech uh, reportedly had a really good uh, media session. I've heard that several different times. People refer to his media session and his interview. Six foot seven wing, average about fifteen points, six and a half rebounds for Georgia Tech. Uh, Daryl Morsel from Marquette. He was a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in twenty twenty one before he transferred to Marquette. Six five guard. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan Williams from Buffalo, another wing. So a number of these uh, wing-type players that they're inviting. And Williams averaged about 19 points, five rebounds, well, about uh, shooting 49% from the floor, 45% from three. So uh, those are the type of guys this Utah Jazz team is in need of. But uh, I don't know that undrafted free agents are necessarily going to be the answer. Uh, 9315 texted in earlier. Got to get to this. Uh, glad David Roddy is gone from the Mountain West. Yeah, he was a, he was a beast. Um, but, um, yeah, he's not going to be the Mountain West anymore. Uh, I've not been able to see that uh, Brandon Horvath has signed with anybody just yet. Uh, I haven't seen or been able to find anything there. So, uh, hopefully, he gets a chance to find his way to some kind of a roster. Um, I know that the Wizards were were definitely looking at him, and he had uh, multiple opportunities to work out with them, and they met with him at the Portsmouth Invitational. But um, so far, nothing yet for Brandon Horvath. But that's still developing 
Uh, we've, I've seen other guys get uh, invitations as the day has gone on today. Hopefully he gets one of those uh, a little bit later on and gets a chance to do something with the team during the summer league. Uh, hey, that's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great weekend, everybody. Just remember that our good friends at uh, Napa Auto Parts, they sponsor the Dan Patrick Above the Noise segment here coming up next. Go in. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Arch Manning is one of the more sought-after recruits in recent memory, but yesterday the wait for his decision finally came to an end as the quarterback decided he was going to Texas. Longhorns are one of the more prestigious football programs in the country. The university hasn't had much success on the gridiron over the years. School continuously reels in five-star talent, but the product on the field hasn't matched the school's expectations. And with Manning's recent commitment, those expectations are once again through the roof. It's hard to ask one player to turn around a program. Texas hasn't won more than 10 games in over a decade. And last year, that team finished with a losing record. Manning is a good step in the right direction for Texas. But before we start talking about the Longhorns' return to college football dominance, let's see how they fill out this roster. going to take a lot more than one recruit to turn around a program, especially joining the SEC. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.